Breakups and divorce can be extremely painful, lonely, and confusing. But I believe your breakup can be your biggest breakthrough. I'm Lindsay Ellison, author, coach, speaker, and single mom of two awesome young men. Welcome to a podcast about finding joy and inner peace after a breakup. You may not be able to see what's on the other side yet, but I promise if you do the healing work, your life will transform in ways you never thought possible. Welcome to Unbreakable You. A few weeks ago, I was visiting my parents and during dinner, I was telling them about a business venture that I'm involved in. So I don't see my parents very often, maybe two, three times a year. So they live in Florida. I live in Maryland. So sometimes I have to get really into some of the details of things just for conversation. And so Whenever I'm sharing anything personal with them, I'm really mindful of speaking as that functional adult and not a teenager looking for their approval. I think a lot of us do that even no matter how old we are with our parents. And I think we're always looking for approval or validation from our parents. And for many functional families, this can naturally occur. But with my family, the dynamic is always a little trickier, so I have to tread lightly and be careful I don't slip into a rebellious, bratty teenager when I don't feel like I'm being heard or seen. So whenever I'm sharing something that is vulnerable, like an idea I have or something that I'm really proud of, especially with my parents, I have to create an emotional boundary that prevents me from getting triggered by their criticism or potential lack of interest in what I'm sharing. And I uphold that boundary by using a method that I call ABC, always be curious. So here's what I mean. By using the story of me and my parents a few weeks ago, okay, while I was in the middle of my story talking to them, feeling mindfully vulnerable, meaning I wasn't oversharing nor looking for approval, my mom made a facial expression and a body gesture with her hands as if she was being defensive or defending the thing I was saying. It was as if she thought I was asking for her to help me. Almost she had this look of, don't look at me for help kind of look. And right there for me was a trigger. So if I were to hit the stop button on that scene, And here's how I explain how I hit a stop button. I say, picture it Martin Scorsese style, like the way he did that in Goodfellas, if you remember that movie. At the very end of the movie, everyone froze in the courtroom while Ray Liotta was on the stand and everyone stopped and he got off the stand and he told the story to the audience of what was about to happen. So that's what I like to say. Let's hit the stop button on that scene. And what would have happened? So an older version of me, the bratty teenager who had a lot of resentment and unresolved anger towards my parents, would have stopped speaking in that moment. I would have slammed my hand on the dinner table and said, you know what? Never mind. I can't tell you anything without you judging me or something like that. And I would have left the table. Or I may not have said anything and shifted my story so that it makes them feel better because God forbid, I wanna make them upset with me. But of course, in either scenario, those just don't work, right? So instead, I stopped what I was saying 
and looked right at her, not with malice, not with the intent to argue, but with authentic curiosity. And I said, wait, I'm curious. While I was telling you this story, I noticed you put your hands up like that. I'm curious, why did you do that? And I honestly think she didn't even notice herself doing that. So it kind of startled her when I asked her point blank. And how you are expressing your curiosity and the tone is really critical here because you could always come off as being sarcastic or passive aggressive. Like, hey, I'm curious, right? But I was authentically really curious as to why she did that. And she asked me what I meant. And I said, well, based on your body language, I'm making up that you are trying to defend yourself or that you think I'm about to ask you for something. And I'm not. So am I making the wrong assumption? And then I also said, is this not the right time for me to be sharing the story? You seem like you're in a bad mood and maybe we can revisit this later. And she apologized and she said, no, 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 continue, your, continue my story. And, and then after dinner, she thought about it and she admitted she was in a bad mood about something else and apologized for taking it out on me. And of course, this had nothing to do with me because nothing anyone ever does or says to us is about us. I say this all the time. It's always about someone projecting a thought onto us so that we can react and engage with their bad mood. By me being curious about what was going on with her, I perhaps mitigated an enormous fight where both of us would act like wounded children. And that's typically what happens with conflict is we have our ego coming up and ego is the chief operating officer of our past. And so we start to act like children. So this is a method, always be curious, the ABCs, to help us stay grounded with our authentic self, our true self, our highest self, and really put ego off to the side. And so it also works wonders with our difficult co-parent, as well as our children, especially young teens or older. And it could also work with our families, our friends, and our coworkers. So why? Because being curious is like the safety of a firearm and protects us from going off accidentally when we perceive a threat, danger, conflict, or any trigger that flicks an old scar. It allows us to reset our emotion to the trigger because asking the question and allowing the person to answer gives us just enough time to reset. It prevents us from being defensive and puts the boundary violator on the defensive. It allows us to keep our cool and also understand the other person's actions without starting an argument. So here's an example of how you can do this. And I'm gonna give you an example of a client of mine. So one of my clients was FaceTiming with her daughter and her daughter was with her father, so her, my client's ex, and her ex walked into the same space as their daughter and into the same room and got in front of the camera and began to ask my client questions that were just not appropriate to be asked in front of their teenage daughter. And he also began to berate her leaving my client flustered and unsure how to act or what to say 
while her daughter was witnessing this. How many times has this happened to you? I know you all are nodding your head. Yes, this happens to me all this time. So this is very typical of a high conflict co-parent. Catching you off guard, especially in front of the kids, so that ultimately you look like the weaker parent so your child can like them better. Let's put the good fellas pause on this and look what's happening. And this is what's happening. I don't care who this guy is. This is probably your ex because this is what is always happening. In this scenario, he's feeling out of control and narcissists project their insecurities onto us so that we carry them on their behalf. I'm going to say that again. Narcissists project their insecurities onto us so that we carry them on their behalf, so that we own the insecurity. That's called carried emotion. So instantly, my client felt insecure and not in control. Bam, the narcissist just won. So she and I played out this scenario using ABC. And here's what she could have done. Okay, I want you to picture this. She would pause, look at him with befuddlement and curiosity and say, what are you doing? That's it. What are you doing? And then wait for his response. And of course, he would say the exact same thing he was saying before, a little bit meaner, maybe even more worse of a tone. And then she would say, no, I'm, I'm actually asking, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm curious, like, how do you think your behavior and what you're saying to me is appropriate for our daughter? I'd like to know, I mean, would you want a man speaking to her this way? And you can just, can you just imagine like zazing? But when you are actually authentically being curious, it's going to put that other person kind of like, wow, what, what's going on? So in this situation, if she were to say that, she has complete and total control of this scenario. And she's showing her daughter that she's not going to get pushed around. Okay, so it's all about your tone and your body language and not being defensive but actually utterly curious as to why he would say such a thing. And this really, really does work wonders. And of course, it would be rare for such a person to answer that without getting defensive. And that's totally okay, right? Let him lose his control. It's way better than the other person losing control and not you. And so guess what? What happens? When he does lose his cool, if that happens, he would say, okay, Let's just call him Steve. Okay, Steve, you seem stressed and wanting to control something. And you're using my co-parenting time with our daughter to express yourself. And I'm just not going to allow it. So can you do me a favor? Please either excuse yourself from the room or I'm going to have to call her. I'm going to have to have her call me back when you can regroup. I truly hope you have a better day. So guys, this is totally doable. And I know that might seem a little different than what you're used to, but this is how what I call an emotional boundary. So you seem stressed and wanting to control something and using my co-parenting time with our daughter to express yourself, or you could put it into a question. However it is, you're basically observing their behavior and you're reflecting it back and saying it back to them with a curiosity type of tone. So switching gears, another scenario I'm going to give you is with your teenager. This is a question I get quite a bit. 
So every teen is different, of course, especially with the gender and how old and their personalities, everything varies. So it's kind of hard for me to give you an exact scenario that would apply to you. But I think if you have a teenager, you can relate. So my youngest son is 17 and he seems to have always an attitude about something and then expect me to completely ignore his attitude and then make him dinner and do things for him when clearly he doesn't always feel the need to reciprocate the same respect. If that is the one common denominator across all teenagers, I think you're shaking your head saying, yes, I completely understand. Everything's an urgency when he wants something, but when I want something, nothing is ever urgent, right? Sound familiar? So the other day, trash gets picked up on a Tuesday morning. I live on a very busy road with a very long driveway. So I'm very tucked back in, but I have a very long driveway. So the, the, where the trash cans are, it's kind of a pain to bring in the trash cans. But guess what? It's more of a pain to bring the trash cans that are full. He didn't do that. I did that. And there were about five of them. So he had been going to work for three days in a row without bringing the trash cans back. So if trash is on Tuesday, I think it was Thursday, something like that, Thursday or Friday. And I just couldn't believe it. And I was running out, getting into my car, and I texted him. And I was mad. But I really tried to keep myself grounded with open curiosity. So I said, and I texted him, hey, I'm curious. You've been going to work for three days in a row. You have passed the empty trash cans for three days in a row. I'm curious, why wouldn't you just bring them back? Did you have your hands full? What was going on there? right? So of course, there's some anger behind that. But I, instead of me yelling at him and instead of me accusing him and, you know, just blowing up his phone saying things that I, I would regret, I was curious. And so it was good. It was a good conversation. We engaged. And of course, he apologized. And when I got back from my errand, those trash cans were in. So that actually really works. So this could work the same on a teenager who doesn't say much. Let's say you have a teenager and she doesn't tell you much about what goes on at the other parent's house, or she's not much of a talker. And this is a complaint I get a lot. So people will say, I try to talk to her, but she only gives me one word answers. Okay. Using ABCs, you could say, hey, when I text you, when you're at your mom's house or your dad's house, I notice you only give me one-word responses. And I make up that I'm being ignored. So I'm curious, is that true? Is there a reason why I only get one-word responses? I'm curious if you would like feedback on how I perceive that. And you don't have to use the words, I'm curious. It could be, hey, I was thinking about something or I was wondering why. And if you are truly actually curious, it will come off as authentic and not snarky or passive aggressive. And when you do that, it will throw the other person off and many, and many times neutralize the impending power struggle. So being curious keeps you out of ego and more grounded and connected to who you really are, your authentic self. Why? Because it keeps you open to looking at things through a different lens. And when we look at things through a different lens, we are exercising a part of our brain which creates neuroplasticity 
and gets us into the habit of looking at things through a different lens of your highest authentic self, your functional self, not through a wounded child, not through an adapted version of you. And if you don't know what I mean by that, go back to other episodes where I explain the wounded child as well as the adapted self and these adaptations that we all learn and pick up through life. So being curious allows you to ask a question, which therefore makes you the active listener and the other person the active speaker. This is the best part about being curious. So when you're the active listener, you're giving yourself time to think versus when you're the active speaker, you are much more likely to say something you don't mean. And being curious helps eliminate misunderstandings with those you love and care about. Another example, the other day, my boyfriend was out in my yard helping me with something and I was still in the house making breakfast unbeknownst to him. He didn't even see me start to make breakfast. And so right away, his ego thought I tasked him something with something while I sat inside watching TV and it was really, really hot out. But he knew that it could probably be something else. And before he got mad and allowed ego to take over, he gave me the benefit of the doubt without accusing me of anything. And he walked into the house and said, hey, I'm curious as to why you're not out there with me. Did I read this wrong? Was there a misunderstanding? And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm making you breakfast. I, I didn't even know you were out there yet. Boom, right away, no argument. So imagine if he wasn't curious how he could have stormed into the kitchen or into the living room and started accusing me of things that really weren't true. So by being curious, an argument was completely prevented and we went throughout our day being just happy and fine. So I'd like for you to try this. And if you have any success with it, which I think you will, I'd love to hear your feedback. I would love to, either you can email me or write a comment in your iTunes player or your podcast player, wherever you can write a comment or all of my episodes are always on my website and you can comment there. And then when you do, I will get notified and I can comment back. So if it's not working for you, you know where to find me for help because this is what I do. This is how I help my clients make a much better life for themselves by being curious and working on understanding what triggers them out of curiosity and into more of an adapted response, which is the thing that always gets us in trouble. These are the issues we have when it comes to communication. All right, guys, have a great week. And of course, always be curious. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for your free subscription to Blessings of a Breakup, where you will receive daily spiritual guidance on getting out of your pain and back to who you really are. Go to my website at lindsayellison.com.